You're listening to Black Neon Digital Podcasts, Episode 9. Bethany Roundtree, Mulberry, MatchesFashion.com, Anya Highmarsh, and now Studio B. Following seven years in buying and merchandising roles at three of the biggest names in British luxury fashion, Mulberry, MatchesFashion.com and Anya Highmarsh, Bethany Roundtree has gone solo, launching Studio B just six weeks ago. The products and brands Studio B showcases are unique, beautifully made and support local brands such as Paradise Row, who we spoke to earlier in episode 7. Statement, not basic, is certainly a phrase that can be used to describe Beth's taste and way of doing things. Yet she doesn't shout, she shines. We discuss her role as brand curator, stylist, PR, merchandiser and business owner. Good morning, Beth. Bethany or Betty. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming down to South London. Um, And where have you come from today? Your house is not East London, is it? No, it's like southwest. Sort of near the Hurlingham Club. Um, Yeah, like kind of off Munster Road around there, if you know around there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Just wanted to talk to you today because you've recently set up Studio B. Um, and I came across it, I think, via Instagram and because we've talked to Nika from Paradise Row mm-hmm. before on the podcast. So I think it came up via Instagram because of that. And sort of I looked at you as you were beginning to set up the business yeah. and also found that, you know, we've got a lot of similar taste in things and <laughs> yeah, kind we of do. were like, oh, that's nice. And then commenting and different stuff, mainly over Instagram. So kind of felt like I knew you before we met. Um <laughs> But yeah, so today I'd like to talk a little bit about your background and career and the business and what your hopes are and things like that. So um, I know also you're a northern lass like myself, so can you just (laughs) let us know a little bit about your early life career growing up and that kind of thing and how you begun to get into fashion? Yeah, sure. Um, So I'm from Darlington, which is northeast. So no one in London really knows where it is. I always say near Durham. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it's on the train line if anyone goes through. <laughs> um, yeah, so I grew up there, went to school there, then went to six-month college there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've lived there all my life until then I went to uni in Manchester. And then after that, moved to London. Um, but... What made you choose Manchester and what course did you do there? I don't know why I chose Manchester. I just, uh, I actually used to go sometimes with my mum shopping or, um, oh, my mum and dad always go to concerts. They like still do. They like love them. So we always used to go, uh, yeah, to see bands and stuff, mainly in Manchester. Um, yeah, so I just liked it. I think I remembered I really liked shopping there. Yeah. So that was probably one yeah. of the, you know, draws it's to It's a it. good city though. Yeah, and then I, I originally went to uni actually first and I wanted to be a TV presenter. Okay. <laughs> so I thought I'd do a media degree. I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. 
uh it didn't work out I was like in uni like oh god one two days a week I didn't like the halls I was in so after about three months left went back to Darlington worked in this cafe I'd worked in all through like school and college went back and worked there for the rest of the year and then went back to Manchester a year later and then did a fashion marketing degree Mm -hmm. um which it was called international fashion marketing but it was just basically five different modules of like fashion business fashion design it was a finance thing that was oh something to do with I think was it marketing your own brand it was yeah just a few it was a bit of a mix really of do you think that's given you a good structure then for now your own business or has it been Uh, more the roles and things that you've had probably probably a mix but how how beneficial do you think doing that course was to you I mean I was probably not that, that beneficial I mean it seems forever ago now I probably say I can't even remember half of it but uh, yeah I think it was probably more actual in work that's sort mm-hmm. of given me better experience and it did have a, a placement year that course so it was four years um which was good to do but it wasn't necessarily somewhere I would wanted to have worked it was quite hard to find one mm. in in Manchester I ended up going to somewhere in Leeds and it was a menswear company um and it was more they did a mix of wholesale and retail but it was more wholesale really um yeah so there wasn't that much opportunity for sort of placements nearby unless you were going to go to London but so do you think now. in reflection you would have gone to London knowing what you knew or to choose a different course or something just for the access of the brands and that kind of thing or I probably wouldn't have yeah. even done it, done it to okay. be honest like I mean for four years it's I mean long time, what yeah. you could have done in four years really so whilst I was at uni I then worked um part-time I worked in like hotels and things and then Oh, I had two interviews. One was for Mulberry and one was for Next <laughs> at one point. And then Next got back to me like the next day. So I started at Next. And then a week later, like Mulberry got back to me. And I was like, oh yeah, I need to leave. <laughs> so you went So you went on then from Mulberry to work in a shop? or Yeah, so okay. when I was at uni, I worked in, in the shop, the Mulberry shop, yep. um, which they just opened a new store in like Spinning Fields, which was a new area in Manchester. Um yeah, so I did that for, oh, maybe like, maybe that the last year, year and a bit. And then whilst I was kind of finishing my degree, they'd also advertised an internship at the head office in London in the buying and merchandising team. So then uh, interviewed for that. Uh, I was thinking like the train, I had to go twice and the train was like £100. And I was like, oh, I can't afford yeah. this train. I better get this job. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so then I got I got offered that internship, which was actually paid like dreadfully paid but it was paid yeah. so like, so that was your London. move to London and entry into basically fashion rather than mm. yes yeah, so yeah. via an internship yeah. yeah and I mean that was from working in the store yeah. I knew about that they only advertised it in- internally okay uh so I mean it was nothing to do with uni basically mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't have you know wouldn't yeah. have known about it through that yeah okay um and then in terms of when you went from what was your next move after that internship? Did you stay there as a role there or did you? Yeah, so I think after, oh, I don't know, I think after about nine months then it turned into a permanent role. Okay. Um, what was the actual role at that time? 
um, I think it was like an admin, I think it's like a starting role would be like admin assistant. I think it was called admin assistant. and Like buying admin. Yeah, yeah. so it was, um, they then split the team into sort of like project merchandising and branch merchandising. So I was more project side and then we all had categories to look after and sort of areas of the business. So then I was doing ready to wear footwear, soft accessories. So they were more like sort of newer areas they were going mm-hmm. into as, as well as, mm-hmm. as bags, obviously is what yeah. they're known for. Um, and then I was doing sort of European stores as well because they were the new stores they were opening mm-hmm. as they were expanding and with all, all the new stores they were putting in the new categories of like ready to wear for example mm-hmm. so yeah that's why it kind of fit mm-hmm. together yeah and then um, then I stayed there I think about three three and okay. four years and that was where was the office based for that did you say oh that was in High Street Kensington okay. do you think that do you think where an office is located this might sound a bit random but <laughs> Um, reflects on their brand so we were just talking off air as it was about matches being now in the shard Mm. um, and it was in Clapham because obviously that's where it you know grew up Um, do you think it makes a difference do you think people care now I yeah I think it does make a difference Um, I never worked in the old Mulberry office but it used to be in Shepherd's Bush and Mm. apparently wasn't that nice Uh, and then th- this this one was incredible. It was like the nicest office I've yeah. ever worked yeah. in. Still, like it was massive, like really, really nice, like really light, mm. like huge showroom. Which, like, oh, I just love the showroom. Mm. I used to like want to live in it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it just yeah, it, it makes does, you want to go to work. Yeah, basically. exactly. Yeah. It does like help represent the brand. Yeah. You know, they were a luxury brand, so yeah. you know. Because also, I guess as well as you know yourself having worked in shops and different brands that you become one of their customers and actually end up spending most of your pay on yeah. the things <laughs> so yeah even so though then, it's discounted yes. it's still expensive yeah. Yeah. um so after mulberry what was next for you uh then after that i'd um i mean i i loved working at mulberry and then it kind of changed a lot they had like new management new ceo like the whole direction of the brand changed and it just wasn't what it was about for me anymore um and then i wanted to try multi-brand after that because i'd only ever worked mm. like for an own brand mm. um so then I went to Matches Fashion as an assistant, assistant merchandiser. So that was a uh, yeah, merch, more merchandising based because they had a totally separate buying team, mm-hmm. which I would rather have been buying. Mm-hmm. But they, yeah, so I thought I'll do that and then try and work with buying yeah, working, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so when there, it was completely different. I mean, massive business, like so many brands. I think like I worked on just like contemporary brands and women's wear, which was still, oh, I don't know, like 90, 100 brands. Yeah, It's like crazy compared to like you've worked at one brand and, you know, it's everything centered around mm-hmm. Mulberry. Like the whole office yeah. is, you know, like everything's on brand. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so then go in somewhere where there's just so much, like you don't feel like you knew much about anything basically mm. like I didn't really see any project or anything that I was really interested in yeah how how did um working across all those different brands how did you feel they managed to bring that into a matches aesthetic because one of the things that you've managed to do with your own business is again work with multi-brands but bring them in under your kind of aesthetic and look and brand so yeah. um how does that work or how did you find that work you know kind of lots of other people's branding and imagery and stuff and then making it a unified look is is actually quite hard yeah I mean with matches they obviously had you know huge budgets to be able to 
you know, they have their own and, studio, yeah. they reshoot absolutely everything, they yeah. have their, their own models they'll use, so I mean, Matches is their brand, so yes. they completely sort of style it as well. The styling was really good, I would always say, mm. Matches. And especially so after that, when I worked at Anya Hindmarch, we would see, for example, matches stocked Anya and they would sell out of a bag that maybe Anya had sold one of. But okay. it looked so much better on okay. there, like on a model styled yeah. in a look, just the way they shot it. It looked completely different, really. Mm. And you could see that that worked. And uh, do you think that that then, that information then went back to Anya and they sort of thought, well, why? And maybe tweak things. Because obviously you then moved on to Anya, didn't you? After, yes. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I've just jumped no, 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 ahead no, it's there. Fine. No, go for it. That's, no, um, go for it. Yeah, so then, then after matches, I mean, that sort of gave me the idea of, I'd always wanted to do my own thing anyway, yeah. but like I said, they had so many brands and like, they, I mean, it's an incredible business. They, they do it well. Um, but it's all, it's more luxury, obviously. It's like very high end, this massive super brands on there, but they did still pick up some smaller mm. brands as well. Um, but they just wouldn't sort of focus on them. Mm. There'd maybe be like a couple of things like for me, there was mm. brands, so if you clicked on a brand page, there was like nothing on it compared mm. to, you know, if you're on like Balenciaga yes, or something, yeah. there's pages of it. Um, and they just didn't invest into it. So I was kind of thinking, well, that's an where, area. I yeah, could yeah. Like where do all these small brands go? And if you're looking for things that aren't super luxury, mm. <laughs> like all in one place, um so yeah so like working there kind of gave me that idea and then after that I just I mean I I didn't really enjoy it that much because it wasn't really what I wanted to be doing and like you said I just didn't feel like I really knew any of the project or knew much mm-hmm. about any of the brands um so you wanted to get a bit closer to the actual people and the products and obviously again on your website you've got the stories thing so that yeah. was important for you and that's why you yeah moved, so like getting, yeah. getting to know them and, know and is what that why you went to Annie then to get back to that brand yeah so then I thought I don't I don't know it's such a big step I think like actually leaving <laughs> and I was like at that point I was I don't know I was kind of wanting to do it but thinking you know what on earth would I do for money and things like that so then saw this job at Anya Advertise and was like oh that sounds kind of similar to what I've done at Mulberry but it's a much smaller company maybe that's like a really good opportunity like you know I've got good experience I could put into that um so then yeah so then took that role and there was only what was the actual role there uh so that was that was buying and merchandising again um and there was just it was a tiny team there was just me well at the time there was just me and my manager so there's just two of us so it was I think like junior merch merchandising role so um yeah so then did that and like I mean it we I was there two years it ended up but after about a week I think I was like "Hmm, yeah this isn't for me (laughs) and is that because one thing I've always battled with working for other people is in the back of my mind I've always known I wanted to do my own thing and I think sometimes you get so restless and you can't relax because you're too busy thinking about other stuff do you know Mm. what I mean and I think sometimes having that pulls you back from enjoying what you're doing at the time yeah um no, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. you're always you're always thinking <laughs> like yeah, what else you could be here. doing, yeah. like and you know yeah. different ways you would maybe do yeah. things, and like now actually doing it, like it it, it is really hard. Yeah. Like you know things you probably criticised working yeah. for other businesses, and you realise why it's like that. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so with that, thinking about the brands that you have worked for, 
Um, how does that experience translate into your own business now? So you've said you realize, you know, sometimes things aren't done like that because it's too difficult to do it or, um, you know, you've worked for very Mm. strong branded British brands as well, which again, you've picked up that there was a sort of niche area, um, for your own business. How does that work in reality now? How do you translate these brands for your own business? So... I mean, I think working for for the brands I had worked for is definitely sort of, you know, it's given me really good experience and it's really influenced, I suppose, what I'm doing. Like Mulberry were really good, I would say, at sort of creating a product range and, you know, working with partners in different markets to sort of make sure it fits in, really. I mean, yeah, I would say they were good at sort of curating their range, um, which is something I think I picked up on mm. um and like I said about matches maybe like not sort of you know giving smaller brands sort of the presence sort of influenced it, like mm. what I've done now and with Anya I would say they were more they obviously liked a statement piece as they sort of changed the brands yeah. a little bit um but maybe weren't so commercial sometimes mm. in doing that um so I think yeah particularly with Anya I've got a couple of their really old bags which mm. I love that are quite neutral actually and now yeah. I'm not their customer I'm yeah, not exactly. affording at the minute <laughs> but I wouldn't buy them because I think it's gone to a different area you know yeah, and I think that change yeah yeah I think it's sort of like yeah, yeah I mean it's always good to like try new things and keep things moving with a brand but I think you've got to retain some of your mm. core customer as well because mm. like that is you know the majority of your business mm. a lot of the time so a lot of your um, pieces online are statement pieces, not basics. Um, can you just describe why that is? Is it just because of your own personal taste and style? Or do you think that's because there's a gap in the market and everything's kind of a bit more geared toward luxury basics at the minute, I would say? Um, yeah, I would say it's probably a bit of both. Um, like my yeah my own style has always been I'd like a print or colour and I like statement pieces and like to sort of mix them up so yeah it's probably quite always bold been though, quite bold yeah. <laughs> yeah I would say um and uh yeah so I mean it is obviously personal taste but then also at the same time like when I was thinking of setting it up obviously I wanted it to be things that I love like um I always thought it was really good as as well which probably sounds a bit funny but good at like picking like bestsellers out when I worked at yeah. other places so I was like well if I like it other people are gonna yeah. like it <laughs> and that comes from trust in your own taste essentially doesn't it and yeah because yeah. you're not the only one like you're never no. the only one are you yeah. <laughs> yeah um and yeah then looking around when I was sort of looking at other competitors and things and what was already out there there, there is so many sort of luxury multi-brands that are more basic focus a lot of like black white gray like like really nice quality but you know it's Mm. I'm kind of looking for something that's a bit different so I wanted everything on the site to be things that are maybe a little bit more unique and Mm. sort of how they look or maybe like how they're made and you know as you said like sort of tell the stories about Mm -hmm. them so people know more about it because I mean some of them you know for example some of the jewelry brands they all hand make them which I think makes them really special and a bit different and then obviously some of the things on the site are more different to look at because they stand out a bit more mm. like Rixo dresses, for example, yeah. really printed, really colourful. And, you know, I've loved that brand since it started. Yeah. So I think as well, actually, online, things that are more standout and printed and bright mm. when things actually 
I don't know about sell through, but they tend to, you can tend to grasp what they look like a bit better. Whereas yeah. you know a black jumper doesn't photograph that well. No, that's, so. that's completely true. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like to me, it's just another black jumper. Mm. Like, and I don't know. I was kind of trying to find things that maybe you couldn't get on the high street mm. cheaper. Because like, mm. I mean, you can get so much now yeah. everywhere. Like, yeah. And uh, you know, if some people don't really care where it's come from mm. or they don't care that much about the quality I mean you can get everything in Zara so mm-hmm. I really wanted to try and get things that maybe you, you didn't see yeah. yeah you couldn't rip off basically yeah exactly yeah um so in terms of the curation and selection how do you actually go about picking your things because I've noticed that you have a lot of like one-offs and kind of that you recently put posted something on Instagram about a leather jacket there was a one-off and then you know you seem to have like a sold out style in this and that and is that through your connections or or what how do you get all these amazing things (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you think they're all amazing (laughs) um um, I mean I'm Mostly, I I found them through Instagram. To be honest, mostly all these more unique brands, more independent brands, and I mean, I I'd started doing it like years ago. Like I had like a PowerPoint, which sounds ridiculous. So <laughs> like all like brands that found like on on Instagram, then got on their websites and like you know screenshot pictures of them and like put them all together on like a big document and yeah. like kept notes on them all and like how they'd fit together and you know what sort of what's different about them and how they work together but why they're unique and just made this huge thing and yeah I mean mostly through Instagram I found a lot of them like the leather jackets for example is a girl called Joanna Sands and she's been hand making leather jackets for over 12 years she's based in Liverpool she doesn't have a website she sells them through word of mouth and now Instagram um but like amazing quality like really premium leather like it's all sustainably sourced and yeah I mean it's a handcrafted jacket Mm. it's completely one off um which makes I mean and they're not like crazy expensive Mm. so how much is something um I mean she varies I think from like about like 350 to 450 which is probably one of the most expensive Mm. things on the site but it's a leather jacket you're going to keep it for years Mm. and years whereas now you can go in whistles and a leather jacket's 400 pounds so it's there's a lot more that's gone into it I think than there has getting something that's I mean yeah it's a premium sort of high street but still like mass market um so yeah I mean I'd found her through Instagram and a lot of the other ones to be honest oh I'd kind of already known them or shopped with them Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit before Mm -hmm. um and you just approached them basically yeah I mean this is what I'm doing and yeah, I mean, I was quite surprised that, <laughs> that everyone sort of wanted to come aboard with it at first, which was great. But um, I, I don't know, we'd spent a lot of time planning it. And then I'd sort of done, got branding done first and put together like a whole concept pack that I'd sort of mm-hmm. send out to the brands. Um, and yeah, just email them directly mm-hmm. and then kind of just follow up with them, then arrange to meet them. And it's been really good actually meeting all the brands mm-hmm. and getting to know them and yeah. visiting like their studios and, you know, seeing what they do. It's, that's really interesting that's one me. That's one thing that actually really comes across, which is the stories. So your stories section mm. and you do really genuinely care about that person and the, the brand and where they've come from and what they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, and also something about the craftsmanship side of it and um you know how important is that element how important is the craftsmanship the Britishness the kind of unique that side to you and your business um well yeah the stories element I always wanted to be like a big part of it because I not 
maybe not everyone wants to know, but I, I find it really interesting, especially when it's a brand you don't really know, or it's new to you, or it's a lot smaller. You kind of, I don't know, I kind of want to know why it's that price in a way. Like, it's mm-hmm. not, like I've said, nothing's, you know, ridiculously priced. It's all meant to be premium, but sort of attainable. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I always say, like, I'll eat, like, tin tuna for a week to, like, buy something, but I'm not prepared to do it for a year. Yeah. yeah. It's like to buy me some Gucci, which I probably still couldn't afford, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's that kind of level of stuff, really, mm-hmm. where, you know, you'd maybe... You know, I'm trying to encourage people to buy better. So, you know, buy something you really love. Yeah, it's more expensive, but it'll last longer. It's not, you know, a high street trend. You know, you'll buy five of these things, buy one thing that's really well made. Mm. It's good material. Someone's put actually put a lot of effort <laughs> into making yeah. that. Um, and through the stories, that's what I'm trying to tell people, really. And, I mean, a lot of them do produce in the UK, which mm. is just because they are British. I mean... I didn't set it up for it all to be British brands. Mm. I mean, at some point, I'd like to expand into sort of European ones. Mm-hmm. There's a lot doing the same kind of thing, but in, you know, mm-hmm. different countries. It's just so far, just launching it, it's obviously mm. a lot easier to meet with these people yes, when they're here. Yes, local, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some are Yorkshire-based and things, but obviously in the UK, so yeah. that's fine to meet with them. But um, yeah, and then, so yeah, I wanted to tell their stories and, you know, see how they do it, but... At the same time, I think it's it's just good to know where they produce, even if they don't necessarily produce in England. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing no. if you know about it. Like, some people, I mean, I think there's, I think it's Dora Larson, the lingerie brand, produces in China because they're the best for making lingerie. So it's like, well, yeah, they're good at it. That it doesn't mean it's bad because it's yeah. produced there. Like it's like yeah, every country it. has different skills yeah, and common you know, mis- different manufacturers conception so. isn't it the whole made in china you know if you still know your supply chain know your factories yeah, exactly. visit them, um and you're aware of what's happening then it's not necessarily bad so. no exactly and that's what i mean that's what's yeah. telling people yeah. really in part of the stories it's like you know who they are how they set up the brand what they did before like yeah where they produce what's special about what they do um and kind of like I don't know and then I've kind of got everyone to say like what their advice would be to people mm-hmm. just a little bit at the end like mm-hmm. how have they've done it in and terms of the business sense what their advice would be yeah to, about yeah. like setting it up and it's yeah. I don't know I find that quite interesting because yeah. so, some are like just just go for it and others yeah. are like I've planned this yeah for, for years <laughs> yeah. yeah um so how would you how would you say your your role as technically a shop owner, I guess now, is also <laughs> partially stylist and also you're basically a PR agent as well now. <laughs> and yeah, an agent. So, Multitasking. Yeah. So how, how does that sort of play out in your day-to-day life? And, and were you aware that that's what you would have to do to get your business off the ground, you know? Um, I mean, I was aware to some extent, but I, I obviously knew like you'd need to get press and try and, you know, get the word out there like you can't just set up something online and expect people to find it which I was very aware of but I probably didn't realize how much how time much, yeah. yeah that you mm. have to put into it like I think probably contacting people it takes up like most of my week I would say and just like constantly emails mm. and managing different like managing the brands and like managing different relationships and like keeping on top of it all I suppose um but I kind of I really in- enjoy that side of it mm. and you know as much as I'm probably getting PR for the brand's product, it's also, it's through Studio B. So mm-hmm. it's kind of works for, for, yeah, both, for both of us, yeah. really. Yeah. 
because I guess you met with Rosie, didn't you? Have you met Oh, Ro- yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love Rosie. <laughs> we have um, <laughs> a profile on online on yeah. Black Neon. Um, and she, you have two lally, is it two lally? Is that how you pronounce yes, it? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. So they're online now as yeah, well. Yeah, because Rosie passed them on to me, actually, yeah. which is, again, like, see, that works yeah. both ways, It's which is really nice. And what I have found, actually, is that a lot of people are genuinely nice. Like, you can, I don't know, you can tell the difference with people you meet who are genuine and want to do it for yeah. example like Rosie for example like she's all about independent brands and affordable PR and you know that really works with what I'm doing yeah. as well and um and I get yeah, I love Tulali and again they're Yorkshire based so like UK I yeah. like that they make them themselves in their studio and you know they're a bit stand out that's why I really like them as well yeah, yeah. again it's a, another statement piece isn't it yeah definitely um, so what so you we've talked about you and your own style and taste how do you then connect with your customer because obviously your the way that you wear things is quite brave I would say for a lot of people (laughs) um so would you are you trying to appeal to lots of people like you or do you think that your target market is people that like what you wear but maybe would only buy the bag or something like what's your what who are your who's your audience who's your customer I think it's probably a bit different to what I thought it would be. Um, I mean, well, we've been launched about six weeks now, so we're still obviously like yeah. trying to figure that out a bit, yeah. really, who's actually shopping. But uh, I think it's a mix. I think, obviously, through Instagram has been great. Like, I'm still working on building that. But so far, a lot of the customers have come through there. Like, they've mm-hmm. seen product I've posted or shots of style shots. I've done quite a few where they've, like, hung things together to show like how you could wear it as an outfit or I've worn stuff and posted it as well um and people have asked questions through there and you know communicated a lot through that which has then led to them going on mm. the site which is great um yeah and then also I would I would say the customer's probably been a little bit older than what mm. I would think like it's not just it's not Do you just think me because of uh price range or just just is I, I don't know I think a bit of both really yeah. obviously you probably have more disposable income yeah. if you're a bit older um I don't know but I do also think the things that on the site you could wear like I, I think I'd wear them but my mum could wear them mm. as well which is kind of in a way what I'd try to go for because you can wear things so many different ways now and you know you can layer a lot of the things which is great for like wearing it for winter or making it I don't know a bit more conservative mm-hmm. maybe not that anything is really like, yeah. <laughs> like orange, but you mix but, it. yeah um yeah so I think it can appeal to yeah like a mm. wide range of customer really mm. I just mean it's definitely that customer I'd say who likes fashion like mm. wants something a bit different um but that isn't necessarily a trend like yeah. I always feel if I'm spending maybe like 300 pounds on something I want to love it and yeah. you know I'll get it out next year and be like mm-hmm. oh yeah I love that dress <laughs> like, mm-hmm. which, it, I, yeah. which I do uh, yeah. which I do now because my wardrobe's not big enough so I have to like put everything away <laughs> and then seasonal trend yes yeah. curated yeah um what about can we just talk a little bit about the business so like the hard nuts and bolts of funding and you know that kind of thing how have you found that have you self-funded Do you, you know, are you wanting to look for any partnerships, funding? Do you feel that you need some support in a different way or or that you thought you could do something and now you can't? You know, what's what do you need and how did you get to this point in terms of money (laughs) and business? Um, Well, yeah, so uh, we've self-funded it. So with with me and my partner, um, 
which there's a lot of like women in business things around now, which are great, but like I couldn't have done it without without him actually, because I mean he's uh, a lot more money than I have working in fashion. <laughs> is that like a personal partner, not and a business? Oh yes, partner? sorry, yeah. No, sorry, no, no, yeah, right. didn't explain that. <laughs> um, Your boyfriend, basically. Yeah, yeah. My boyfriend of twelve years, but yeah. we're not married. <laughs> May as well be though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what his sister's just saying, like my sister-in-law, because it's been so long, and we're, we're still waiting yeah. for that ring. <laughs> <laughs> um which now we've spent all the money on the business so that's probably and you've not got happening. a new dog have you oh well? yes yeah. um, so we've, little got, baby we've got mabel yeah. <laughs> baby mabel <laughs> she's the instagram star already oh she yeah. is she doesn't feature i try not to feature it too much because <laughs> oh do it she's amazing <laughs> i know i love dogs but then i'm like oh not everyone loves them do they i don't know why <laughs> about you though remember it's oh yeah, yeah. Anyway. um so yeah, yeah so self-funded. sorry so we no. we'd self-funded it together we've yeah. like we'd remortgaged our flat to take some money out um because yeah. i mean i think he was just sick of me moaning about like how i didn't like work yeah <laughs> i was like i know i can do something i know i can do it it would be really good and like just like i was so scared about money like it took i mean like i said it was annual for two years yeah. and after about a week was thinking oh yeah i mm-hmm. need to i need to leave mm. and it, i mean i just was trying to save up and just thought I don't know it is scary you think oh what am I going to do without a salary like how do I pay for things but you just have to you work it out readjust yeah. basically yeah. and not buy so many clothes yes yeah. <laughs> buy them for your business instead yes exactly <laughs> and then you've got to represent the business yeah, as well exactly. um, yeah so we've self-funded it for now um which has been okay like obviously there's the initial starting cost of the website we've tried to do some events which we're doing another one in about four weeks like your pop-up that you did this this pop-up shop in was it bond yeah so that was the launch event we did which was which was great which is actually really good like had a really good response and then i do want to do some pop-up shops next year um which it's just sort of ran out of time Mm -hmm. this year it's why you don't realize how long everything is going to take and how much effort goes into it but um but the launch event was really good just because people could see the product in in the flesh and it got a really good reaction actually which was good um so we're doing we're doing another event in about four weeks on the 7th of december with push pr so we're doing it in collaboration with them and using their showroom space Mm -hmm. so it's like a pre-christmas shopping event really so um so yeah, I mean, there's always there's things like this and marketing budgets and things, uh, even like doing shoots obviously costs mm. money. Um, but I mean, I mean, I've bought some of the brands, the Danish brands on the site I've bought. Um, so I have bought in some stock myself, but not massively because we're working with a lot of the brands as a collaboration, like as a partnership. So that's kind of like allowed me to do it on mm-hmm. more of a low budget, I would say. Yeah. And focus the money that you do have elsewhere and kind of not stockhold and yeah exactly because yeah. okay. even even buying like you know three three brands I mean it costs a lot of money mm-hmm. just to even get a small amount of mm-hmm. stock like and then it's season after season after season so it's just mm. like always rolling on and you know you're always spending and I don't, I don't know how people yeah. do it when they like no, buy like 50 brands I yeah. mean obviously you need a huge budget for that really yeah um I kind of wanted to do it as well and show that like, you don't need to have like you know hundreds of thousands of pounds to set up a business mm. <laughs> um I mean it further down the line obviously seeing how it goes it would be great you obviously you've got to spend more in a way with stock to try and mm. make more but I mean because to... also that then supports the brands anyway as well because if you're just essentially doing commission or 
you know it, it kind of they want to earn the money straight away don't they as well so that yeah, helps a, them but in a way yeah. yeah but then a lot with a lot of them actually they don't wholesale doesn't work for like a lot of these yeah. smaller brands which and it is kind of quite an outdated model now mm. I would say like it's just too traditional how like fashion industry works but some a lot of them the more independent ones they produce like locally it's actually really expensive the way they produce compared to like a massive I mean mm. obviously they don't have the volume but compared to like a massive brand like that I'd worked at before like your cost price is you know quite low really mm. compared to these brands who are producing really well a lot of them again like a lot of them you know make themselves as well so it doesn't really work for them wholesale because they're not making any money off it to do like that margin you know a cost yeah. to wholesale a wholesale to retail they're like losing out a lot of the time so really and it's better because you can make to order as well so in yeah terms exactly because that's stock not gonna holding, work yeah wholesale. sustainability all that kind of stuff it's better to well yeah there's, you know, there's no wastage is yeah. there and i think that makes it really special if someone's you know making you like you know a pair of earrings or something you like i'd be prepared to wait like the week mm-hmm. week and a half it yeah. takes for them to make it just be a little bit patient yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's being individually made yeah. for you yeah <laughs> Um, in terms of you just mentioned uh, the the sort of collaboration event at Push PR, can you just say a little bit because we're going to try and release this for December? Um, <laughs> what would be your kind of top Christmas picks? And let's go for you know, a dress is not for just Christmas, is it? It's for life. This dress <laughs> <laughs> is that like a dog for Christmas? Yes. <laughs> a dress for yes. Christmas. Um, yeah. Oh well. Oh, I do like a Rixo dress would be a great, a great one. Because again, they're not too Christmassy. So there's more, it's more again like prints and colour, but there's some really nice ones from like autumn, winter season, which are a bit more, like a bit more, they've got like some darker colours mixed in. So they're perfect for like winter party season. They're all silk, which is really nice. They fit really nice, like move. When you move, I always like them, <laughs> the way they look. Um, so yeah, that would be definitely be a good Christmas pick. And something you could wear, I think, like the next year, like spring, mm-hmm. summer. It's always great for weddings e- either season, really. Mm-hmm. Um, also like a coat. There's some really nice coats on the side that I really like. It's <laughs> a lot of fake fur ones, which are incredible. Like they're so soft when you feel them. The um, leopard print Oh, the I leopard saw. one's yeah, amazing. amazing. I love the leopard one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a really nice um, burger. There's a long burgundy one from Gestus which is really nice as well um what else there's some quite good like like small there's smaller gifts like there's a lot of the jewelry brands there's milk tooth do really good earrings which are like i mean maybe like 40 50 pounds so they're quite a good gift price um a lot of rosita beneath does like i really like her it's kind of a lot of animal shapes but they're really clever how she makes them they're like screen printed onto leather so they're actually like quite big statement earrings but they're really light as mm. well um and again they're quite a good price for like christmas gifts we've got genevieve sweeney we've just added really nice knitwear it's all hand knit um like all made in the uk and like scotland which yeah i don't know it's so when you actually see it it's so well made and again like i think a really good price for what it is and they do some good socks which are good for christmas gifts nice. glittery socks nice <laughs> be looking into those for yeah sure. Um, I think that's about it, unless you want to actually highlight um, anything particular or shout out if you need any help. Or oh yes, they didn't say any help. Uh, I mean, I would, I would, <laughs> I would love an intern, but I don't yeah. think I could pay one right now. Uh, I'd never want to hire someone I couldn't pay because, yeah. like, I've done it, and yeah. you know. You're still doing a proper job. You're still, like, you're yeah. still actually working. Like, <laughs> and you've still got to pay your bills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, further down the line, like, I would say one thing, which I probably should have thought of, was just how much there is to do. Like, well, now it's 
start it there's just it's just mm. constant and there's so much admin side of it actually which takes up a lot of time so yeah further down the line it would be great to just have an assistant, assistant of some yeah. sort would be really good um and you know further down the line I'd love an office like I really wanted a studio that was the whole concept originally studio B yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> never changed the name but um yeah I really had this vision of having like a really nice like cool studio like not like not on like a shopping street or anything like that like somewhere like I don't know like a local area in London would be a little bit hidden but um just had this really nice vision of it and it would just be like a lovely place you could come to shop it's quiet you've got all these brands there like I don't know a bit like a buyer's showroom was Mm. my idea and then have it as an office as well but then looking at London rents originally when you're new no one knows who you are why would they find it Mm. like it's just far too expensive but you know it takes time I guess as well yeah exactly I mean you know seeing how it goes once you've sort of built a brand that would be I think it would do really well to actually have a physical space because mm-hmm. like I said a lot of these products are so well made when you actually get to see them like oh there's one of the sunglasses brands um oh called Monk London this the quality is incredible like they're all they're handmade in Italy like uh, who hand makes sunglasses anymore <laughs> like all them ones you get on the high street that just crack I mean they just you, when you actually feel them you can tell, you can tell what's yeah. gone into it and that's the case with a lot of them like paradise row for example mm. as well like yeah. you know they're so well made the leather's lovely yeah. like it's i don't know when you actually try stuff on mm. it does make a difference but yeah so hopefully in the i guess future. that's why the pop-ups are important to you as well isn't it yeah that's why across. i want to try and do that next year so then yeah i've sort of yeah launched it a few weeks ago and then focusing on doing some events mm-hmm. um which i actually think is really good as well because it's more it's more of a reason for people to come in a way if mm-hmm. you're having like a one-off sure. event yeah. um so try and do more of that next year and yeah hopefully do a pop-up just to get a good test in the market mm-hmm. really and see how mm-hmm. it see how it goes but if anyone would like to fund my studio <laughs> they're welcome to yeah <laughs> cool Okay, thank you so much for coming oh, down you. and uh, good luck with everything. I'm sure we'll uh, keep talking over Instagram and other oh, things. Oh, yes. <laughs> keep sending me yeah. clothes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Fellow Northerner Beth and I had a lot of fun discussing her new venture, Studio B. Beth's approach to business and brand selection comes across as extremely relaxed, fun and instinctive. Behind the bold prints, colours and her wonderful smile is someone who has worked hard at understanding the business of fashion. Through her previous roles in British luxury fashion, she has learnt what it takes to make a brand and business really work. Supporting independent brands who pride themselves on their ethics and craft, Beth has championed a vivid view of British fashion. You can find us online at blackneondigital.com, Twitter, Digital Neon, and Instagram at Black Neon Digital. If you enjoyed the show, please could you rate and review us in iTunes.